Hello and welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe, looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe, and on today's show, I speak with Dana Budson, Product Lead for Strategic Data Initiatives at YouGovSafe, about the current state of data collection and an optimistic future for informed consent. Money, as we know, makes the world go round. But if there is something else spinning the wheel in 2021, it is data. In every aspect of modern life, be it the pharmaceutical industry or our business of television, data collection is growing increasingly more granular, powerful and invasive. But while companies now know more about their end users than ever before, the same can't exactly be said in reverse. Certainly in TV, the traditional form of linear TV ratings from independent monitoring companies have largely been superseded by self-reported figures from the giants of streaming, and those numbers can be a bit suspect at best. Netflix, for example, in early 2020 changed what it qualified as a view from streaming 70% or more of a single episode or movie down to just two minutes. Other companies like Amazon and Disney have their own metrics, but there's no real transparency there. However, one company that's looking to add greater transparency to this process, while also providing added incentives to consumers for sharing their data, is YouGovSafe, whose product lead for strategic data initiatives, Dana Budson, joins me now. Why don't you start by giving a brief outline of uh, your role at YouGovSafe and what you're looking to achieve, really? Yeah, so I'm actually the product lead for strategic data initiatives at YouGovSafe. What that means in short is basically I oversee the ideation and development that uses the SAFE's behavioral data in combination with YouGov's longitudinal like survey data across you know the 20 plus years that they've been collecting it and come up with data products for, for clients. So my main industries technically are like music, live events, esports, banking, travel, it kind of expands. Um, it spans quite a bit, but that's that's what I do. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one because, you know, obviously the name YouGov and where the surveys and things predominantly pop up, it always seems to be tied with politics, but there's always so much more going on behind the scenes that you don't realise. Yeah, and that's actually a smaller subset of what YouGov does, but it's obviously, you know, timely <laughs> and very popular when it comes to... Um, engagement on new sites. So mm. that's still a big part of our business, but it's actually smaller than than you might think. In terms of YouGov safe, right? So we're overly reliant on streaming services to self-report, you know, yeah. their own figures and all of these different companies, Netflix, Disney, they'll all have their own different metrics by what they define as as views and things like that and it's all a bit it's all a bit shady to be honest, isn't it? How how do you, or how does YouGovSafe, I should say, incentivize streamers, both in terms of operators and consumers, to sign up for YouGovSafe, and what are the benefits to them? Yeah, so from the consumer side, I bucketed into three main, like three main value propositions, right? Um, so, for one, there's like the what I call societal societal benefit, which is if you are coming into YouGovSafe and you are 
linking your Netflix, your Apple TV, your Hulu data, right, um, and getting compensated for that, you are basically providing people better content, better competition, not not from these companies like hoarding their data, basically, if you want to call it that. I'm keeping in that really like uh, walled garden, if you will. And you're really helping people open that up so that people can compete on the basis of content and what they put out there for you. And so that I think is a big societal benefit because as a huge like Netflix watcher, I think everyone could agree <laughs> that we want better content um, and more and more of it, right? So that's a societal benefit by coming in and linking your data. The next one I call personal benefit, where you know this can lead to better recommendations for you um, on what shows you watch, what shows you watch across platform. We're actually looking into building a, a media recommender for individuals if they'd be interested, because only through this user-centric approach, we can tell people, hey, you like this show on Netflix? There's actually this show on Amazon Prime that would be perfect for you, or that we think would be perfect for you based on your data. And that hasn't been possible to date, right? And so, largely it's a, it's kind of a passive experience in terms of a user, it's just an extension on your web browser, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the third one is really that, the monetary one where we are right now, and I probably should have started there, so apologies. <laughs> the third one is the monetary one, which is come, come in as a member to our Chrome browsing extension, link your data sources, your Netflix or who, your Apple TV, and then be compensated in points, which ultimately can translate into you know cash, gift cards, and a variety of other goodies, if you will. Yeah, because YouGov has been around, and that's why I think they're poised to do this, because they've been around for 20 plus years, they have been you know, giving points to people, and I call it compensated, but it's points to pay, right? getting compensated for people for answering survey questions for 20 plus years. So this transition to compensate people for also behavioral data is not such a huge shift, even though it is going to have a lot of value adds, right? Mm. So, so what sort of um, insights and data points are you tracking? Is it, is it mostly just purely the, you know, X person watched Y show, or is it a bit more in depth than that? How much they, watched how many episodes that sort of thing yeah it definitely goes um it gets a little bit more granular but ultimately the main viewership page that we're adding to our signal product we call it well the, the product itself is called stream and it, it sits in our signal product but stream for like the viewership page it's going to have your probably like monthly, weekly, and eventually daily metrics of what is being viewed, how much that's being viewed, um, demographic breakdowns, because we're able to pull from like YouGov profiles of like who is watching um, and those overrepresented audiences, the underrepresented audiences, it's probably not the best term, I'll call them opportunity audiences, where you might be able to reach, you know, do some more marketing to reach these people and welcome them into your show. Or, or movie. And then on top of that, cross-platform, uh, in-platform and cross-platform affinities. So what I mean by that is like, if in Netflix, what are the other things these people are really likely to also be watching and what stands out, uh, you know, from the average, basically. And then for uh, cross-platforms, if you're, if you're on Netflix, what are they likely to watch on Amazon or Hulu and by source, right? So that goes down the list. So those those are some of the things. And then what we're also adding, which is what gets more granular, is like that binge rate, 
um, retention rate from season to season, who's watching, who's coming over, episodic level retention rates, basically, like, are people dropping off from episode one to episode two, or people making it all the way through the season? Like, how is that working for your show? And why is that so different? Because all this is comparative, right? And how is that different than someone else's show on your platform or on someone else's platform on how they're, you know, also comedy romantic comedy is doing right there's a lot of incredibly cool stuff that that we're productizing right now that will lead to you know different clients buying in so that we can share in this revenue basically with with the members that link their data Mm. if i'm a netflix say i'm or or an amazon Mm -hmm. i already have lots and lots of data on my users what what would you say is the the things that you provide to them that they don't necessarily get from their own tracking of their own users? Yeah. So for one, I (laughs) don't want to get in trouble for saying this. I think people have less than what um, you'd think Really. uh, in some ways. In Mm -hmm. some ways, probably have more. (laughs) But in other ways, they actually have less than what you think. So this, um, uh, for one, the richness of like the profile information because of streaming, particularly like broadcast is different, but for streaming, particularly people really don't know all that much on, on like this goes for not just Netflix and like SVOD, uh, you know, streaming services. This goes for like the Spotify's of the world, like streaming in general is that makes very- me feel a lot more secure in my online presence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they actually have a lot less than what you think. And I'm not saying they're not trying to get more, but <laughs> um, at the same time, um, we can provide that like rich demographic breakdown by pairing this behavioral data with our survey data, right? At a level that they just simply cannot get to because they're not, you know, asking these people these questions, right? Or if they wanted to, they'd have to do buying behind the scenes, which would then probably start to violate a bunch of different privacy regulations, right? So increasingly so, they're both collecting less data, but they also have access to less data, which means that we can benefit them more. On top of that, I'm sorry for droning on, they have nothing on, or not nothing, little to nothing on their competitors because privacy, the way that the world has looked at it, companies have, you know, almost spun it to their benefit has been great privacy. That means us collecting way more on our user and no one else's access to it um, and just walled all of that off. And so this is kind of like opening up the world's garden so that um, people can really understand how other people's content is performing, how Mm -hmm. their trailers are performing, um, all all of that good stuff so that they can really compete on the basis of content and creation. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned there about all of the the data regulations that we're facing nowadays with GDPR and everything like that. And obviously anything to do with data tracking comes with that obvious specter. What have you done to make sure that you're compliant with all of these things and that you're providing a more ethical way of, of tracking users? So for one, we basically, I call them consent forms. You can call them what you want, but every single user one is coming in here with an intention, right? They know exactly what they're giving and they know exactly what they're getting. And that transparency is what privacy means to me. And it's what it means to a lot of people is really informed consent and choice, right? Um, so- It's the difference between the opt-in and the opt-out. Exactly. 
So people here are double opting in actually. So they're for one, they're opting in for like, this is my data. I'm going to link or connect or add this data source, right? Um, I'm, and actually in the way we do it now for most of our sources is actually they're actively uploading that data. So it's even more control than just like, I linked it, I'm done, I forget about it. Yeah. There's actually more levels of security and more control over that. So they're coming in for most things like once a month and being like, and agreeing again, basically. Right. So there's, that's like level one. Then level two of that, and, and we show them, by the way, examples of their data, like wrote a lot of text for the data protection officer, right? So we show them examples of like exactly what rows and columns their data looks like and literally are like, this is the data that's being collected, FYI. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's actually pretty interesting. And I think a lot of consumers are more interested in that than you'd think. Like I know that, you know, scrolled away in the back end of Facebook, there's the, you know, you can see all of their, what they think are your preferences and yeah. you know you can see all the different categories and like it might think that you're interested in sofas or you know just very very specific things and it's kind of scary if in in, in a facebook kind of setting where you don't necessarily know that they're tracking you to that extent but i think yeah. if it's something that you've probably opted into it could be a really really interesting experience as a as a viewer to see oh i actually you know this is what I'm, you know, my profile is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're going to increasingly be doing more and more to just show the users what data they're sending, what their data looks like. It's it's going to become really, really robust on top of just this initial example that basically the, this is what your data will look like and come in as. So, so that's from the transparency side, that's kind of how we do it. And then the double opt-in is because you then have specific projects where YouGov is basically your first project. This is probably explaining too much, but basically you have projects that are sanctioned by, can be sanctioned by specific clients. And those give you the details again of like, what is this data being used for? What data are you asking for? How long are you having this data for? Um, is this data anonymized or is this data personal? which for now, everything we're doing is aggregated anonymized, but through like our double opt-in process, we hope that we get to the point where this becomes that personalized marketplace where you could actually say, yeah, I'm comfortable tying this to my, you know, email and even letting, you know, yeah, maybe I can give an example, maybe letting one streaming service say, hey, we wanna actually know exactly what you're watching on this other platform and we'd like to tie that to your account so that we can better recommend you. And if, and we're for that, we're willing to pay you way more. And you're just like, okay, I'm comfortable with that, then do it. If you're not comfortable with that, don't do it. So we really hope to give like that control and those options to people and then really let them choose what they're comfortable with and what they're not. I think that's a really important point because so much of what we're seeing now with everything being, certainly in the living room, everything being on the internet, people don't know just how much data they're giving away. They think, oh, they've got a smart TV and that's connected to the, I, I, you know, I've got a smart TV over there. I don't watch any of the apps or anything because I've got a separate streaming device, but it still collects a lot more than I probably realize. Yeah, I forget in my TEDx talk, I forget the exact number, but it's in there. 
And I think when you have an Amazon Echo, you sign something like 96 agreements um, for data collection. I forget, I've even been in the hundreds, but you sign a decent chunk of things that they can do with your data without ever really knowing it by just having this thing in your house. So it's pretty crazy. But I guess kind of just the the future of all of this isn't just saying, oh, all data tracking is bad or it's all good. It's, you know, it's it's a lot more, not morally gray, but it's just, it's more of a, an element of that just, as you say, having informed consent and knowing everything. Um, yeah. I just think that that's, we're, we're catching up now that there was so much data tracking and things that were going on without consumers knowing because it was the early days of the internet and everything being the wild west but i think that this sets out a more optimistic and positive future for that sort of thing yeah and apple did a really like one thing that at my old company we started to do and then obviously apple did it at like (laughs) the bigger (laughs) scale because it's apple was like starting to look at data with like nutrition labels Um, In the sense of nutrition labels where your food obviously has that and then you'd have these privacy labels on things where they're telling you for your apps what's being collected and what's not. So that was actually a really huge step forward. And then what I think we just need to be careful of and why I'm so excited to be with a bigger company that has the resources to do this properly is you're going to probably see is kind of going in a different direction but you're going to probably see similar to nutrition labels where everyone like made up things about eggs and there's a million is it cage free is this what does that mean for the dang chicken um (laughs) like you're unsure it's probably going to end up being a little bit wishy-washy for some time but hopefully i think yougov's in a perfect position because they've been consensual like their whole company is built on this user trust or i shouldn't say user on this member trust then they're probably, and I think, the perfect candidate to actually merge this data together and do it in a proper way, right? Oh, so I, I am excited for that. Free range streaming, I like the sound of that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the show. Thank you very much to YouGov Safe's Dana Budson. And thank you for listening. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informer.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at digitaltveurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings on in the TV industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Thank you very much again for listening. Bye-bye.